Welcome to SBCA's Lumber Connection Podcast, where we discuss today's market and explore tomorrow's trends. Here's our host, Molly Butts. Hello and welcome to Lumber Connection. It's the week of January 9th, 2023, and I'm back in the studio with my regular experts, Justin Binning and Ken Timmons. Both Justin and Ken are from American International Forest Products, or AIFP. Happy New Year and welcome back to the podcast, gentlemen. Thanks, Molly. Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hope you guys had good holidays. Yes, much needed, uh, much needed break. It was really, really nice. Good to uh, get rested up and attack this new year. Yeah, it was yeah. nice to have a little bit of December is typically quieter in the lumber business. Sure. So it was nice to have nice, easy days, train up some of the young guys that we're bringing into the industry, at least this December. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Last year, not so much. But yeah. <laughs> but no, it was, it was great. Awesome. Well, you know, it's been a few weeks, as a matter of fact, since we last were uh, together. So I think maybe we should start with just a little bit of a recap of what's been happening over the last month in the lumber market. Yeah, I'd say not a whole heck of a lot until there is something going on, which uh, change definitely feels like it's in the air right now. I know the leading up to, you know, since our last podcast where we kind of left off was we figured it'd be pretty quiet to finish out the, the new year and folks were bringing down their inventory levels to finish out the year. And then it also felt like um, there was a buy that was going to happen soon, just from a pure flat out replenishing standpoint. And you've obviously got different segments in the market that have to that go about approaching business different ways. And uh, so we knew there were orders out there that were going to have to, to kind of come to the surface. We just didn't know really, obviously, to what level or to what degree. We've been in a market here really throughout the good portion of this year that supply has been overtaking demand flat out. So would the shift that we see try to uh, you know counteract that? Sure. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about at some point maybe some curtailments. You know, where's that balance, right, between supply and demand? Um, anyways, fast forwarding to kind of that really came to fruition as we finished out the year. There was orders out there. We're certainly coming today, you know, coming to work, working full days as all of our customers are doing the same thing, but definitely a very cautious approach to the market. And uh, I wouldn't say it's a fear-based in terms of pricing. It was just really, I don't really care. I'm going to manage my inventory the way I see fit. I don't feel like spending any excess uh, money on product that I don't necessarily need at this moment. Uh, the lack of fear of being able to get product is non-existent. And so it's just, this is this cycle that we've been in, which feels like four to six weeks off, uh, two to three weeks on, rinse, wash, repeat. It's just kind of the way the year has been. Not a lot of big price escalation or or uh, uh, price correction once we've kind of, I feel like, set in some sort of uh, range of uh, trading level, which I feel like we're, we, we're starting to establish. So here we are, first of the year. And as we kind of thought, and I, I think most mills really positioned themselves or postured themselves with that thought process, right? Kind of had their heels dug in to finish out the year with this sense that, hey, people have to come in and buy the first of the year. So we saw a lot of counter, a lot of discounts that may, may were there one day started to ease up, not because of a, a, uh, because they're selling it necessarily, but because they, their belief in what would come the first of the year to their, uh, uh, they played it pretty well to some degree, I think. As we're seeing a push in business, we've seen a push in the futures board. 
We see a large discount between cash and where futures is lying. We see the forward month also as a as a as a cursor to what is what may come. And I think futures can be leaned on uh, more heavily than it has maybe through this COVID era that's recently behind us where you couldn't really make sense of it any given day. Now, again, I feel like we're getting back into some more historical normals. And I think what the board is showing us is that come March, the value of lumber will be higher than it is today. So all things you know, said, we're seeing a push in buying. I'm not seeing a big uptick in terms of pricing in the South. I'm seeing mills taking a gradual approach. Uh, most, some are a little bit more defensive. Those that are taking more of a defensive approach in terms of pricing, i.e. Uh, a heavy premium over print are struggling. Or, or I would say the sales are few and far between. Those that are hovering around print, matching up with people that need a relatively quick load, they're getting those orders, they're capturing that business. Seeing the most action really seems to be on two by four and two by six, two by eight, two by 10, uh, I would say is probably the weakest items throughout the U.S. South. Two by 12 starting to dry up. It's been, you know, it's it's been a very tough trade for two by 12 this year from its uh, crazy numbers that still were on print, some even to this day. I'm going to say I noticed uh, that today. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's it's finally coming back down to earth. Um, but it's also at the same time, it's starting to tighten up again. And a lot of that can be uh, due to weather, obviously, logging getting deeper into the forest, getting those wider logs can be challenging this time of year. And so you'll start to see at times two by 12 uh, start to to tighten up. So feels like that's happening a bit. I'll shut up after this. The stress grades yeah. are to show up a little bit more. I would okay. say the long lengths are certainly a tough find, but MSR by no means is out of the woods, both figuratively and literally. Uh, it's, uh, it's still a very tight product really across most, I'd say two by four, you can find it relatively easy. Most we're seeing that out of the central and east side zones. But as soon as you get past that, it just gets tricky and it, it and availability becomes sparse. So Ken, before you jump in, I see you're about ready to. <laughs> uh, so no concerns that like now that everyone's sort of back in the pool, we're going to have any sort of price concerns as a result of everyone. I mean, figure quotes, everyone buying all at the same time. Well, I think that's a great point, right? I mean, it's, and we use that analogy, it's like everybody trying to get through the door at the same right. time, right? What happens? Doesn't. Yeah. And yes, it can drive pricing. And we are seeing that on some items. And I know Ken will probably touch on nine foot studs today. They've definitely been a, a bright star kind of in the market right now. Right. But I still think, you know, when I talk about segments as far as buying, whether that's trust, pro dealer, treaters, your independents, who am I missing? You know, maybe export. throw export, export, big box. Okay, there's a handful, right? Yeah. What we've noticed throughout this year, we've never had a full-blown scale total segment buy, right? It's been all fragmented throughout the way. Yeah. So it's like each time another group kind of steps in and makes some buys, okay. all the others are kind of hanging out on the sideline and working through what they've got. When you get five, four, five, six segments coming in, that's when you see a real big market push. And that's where truly everyone's trying to get through the door at the same okay. time. We haven't seen it. Okay. And I think where we're at with housing and the uncertainty that lies, we're not, I still think from a supply standpoint, there's more than enough to go around. And I think we're just not going to see a big price escalation or price move 
in this market, or it could be a while till we see it throughout 2023. Maybe we don't. There's no fear right now of, of prices getting back to where they were. Housing is still in high demand and we need a lot of houses. We're underbuilt. Yep. And um, right now I just feel like we've settled back in from being in La La Land for two years. We're trying to figure out what's real and every action has a reaction. This sure. is our reaction right now in the market. Okay. Thanks. Golly, how do you follow that up? <laughs> the world has lumber experts sitting next to me. Smokes. Glad that I got to be trained by this guy. Justin's absolutely right. Last two, three weeks. Um, well, let me back up. We go back to mid-December. Yeah. Activity is very low. People are digging their heels in, finishing the year. Justin's yep. absolutely right on that. The last week, week and a half, the tone has been changing in terms of it's been firming up, right? Deep, deep counters are dissolving at the mill level. They're not interested in completely just giving away their inventory for whatever somebody shows up and says they'll pay for it one day, staying a little truer to their price. Now, that being said, their price, mills ask price, is still severely under what it's been the last three, four years. Yeah. On certain products, Justin mentioned nine foot studs, which we always say is a very bellwether item. I mean, it typically leads the market by the nose up and down. It's the first product to move. It's the most elastic of the products. Trends hard. Feels like it happens overnight sometimes or on a whim. It is certainly trending back upward uh, without a doubt. Okay. And you would say it's kind of the first to feels like it led the charge. Yeah, always. Like yeah, we talked about. Yeah, I wouldn't even say always since you've been in the business, since you've ever right. seen. Right. It's kind of a newer trend with, I think, with nine foot. But anyways. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, and just from... From the standpoint of that is the number one u- most used lumber product sure. in the construction business. It's the most produced. It's the most used. There's just more volume traded of that product. It is the white rice of lumber. Needed for that. Needed to put up. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, especially as people move away from eight foot studs and whatnot. But that's always our bellwether. And the, the tone of that certainly is up. And it's a product that we've been focusing on a lot. So with that, with the stud trade trending upward. Web stock has not yet moved upward, but I anticipate it, it will quickly here. By the time we see friendly faces in Phoenix at the OQM, I look forward to saying, hey, check your email this morning. I told you two weeks ago that web was going to be more expensive and it will be more expensive. Are you starting to see that on that note? Because I have noticed out of the East and even the West, it's just coming off the list. And to your point, you're seeing maybe some other links that are still hanging on there. Price hasn't changed. But you're seeing some of those shorter lengths start to disappear. Right. Yeah. There's not much available out, out of the West at all. So with studs going up, WebStock's going to follow it right behind. And I think all things considered, both of those food groups, studs and WebStock, are at three, four-year lows. I mean, there's absolutely a million reasons why it should go up. So I think that's very healthy for our market. It would actually be a bad thing if it continued to drift downward because then we are going to run into big curtailments. And that quote unquote warehouse fire, everyone trying to get in through the door at the same time would only be more catastrophic. So it's a good thing that that's trending back up. That being said, cord stock, MSR grades, 20, anywhere from 2,500, 2,400, uh, 1,800, one and better select struck. Those have not seen the same movement in price over the last 10 days. But again, that firming tone is taking place. Counters are not really entertained by sawmills. Really not even with volume. Sometimes if you buy, you know, 10 or 15 or 20 trucks at a whack, you can get a few bucks off. And it's more so you can't even get the volume 
And it's like, all right, Ken, you want to buy 10 of them? I'll sell you three at this price, three at that price plus 10 bucks, and three more at that price plus 20 bucks. You're getting stair-stepped up by the sawmill, which again, I do think is healthy, even though that might be counterintuitive to a component manufacturer overall. I think it's a, it's a good thing. So market trend, I think, is fairly simple. While we're going to keep a super close eye on it, I think a no-brainer mark for component manufacturers is I would buy all inventory needs through Valentine's Day, give it five weeks. I think that's extremely conservative and safe. You're not going to get burnt on anything you pick up that you need in the, that next five weeks. Uh, very likely that trend could be closer to spring break. It's just a little too early to make a call that you need to go and buy 90 days of inventory right now. But 45 days to me is a real no-brainer. We are at a super cheap spot in the market. We're having bad weather, especially in the West. California is getting destroyed with floods right now. But yeah. speaking with those, they got plenty of business lined up for the second that water clears out. It's not like the demand is gone. It's just postponed. It's just delayed, pent up. Sure. So those darn atmospheric rivers, man. Yeah, exactly. Again, we're back. I know. Yeah. I heard that term again. It was like, oh, that didn't end well last time. So yeah. But in, in general, I mean, I would say the market's extremely healthy. I Good. think everyone that uses lumber products should consider themselves somewhat lucky that the price has gotten to a level of affordability that it's at, right? It doesn't hinder the business, right? One truck of lumber is not going to max out your credit limit, which is a blessing. True. I think it's healthy that buyers who, I, I mean, it could be, we talk about the five segments, trust guys, exporters, treaters, lumberyards, independents, pro dealers. I think every buyer at most of those companies has had a sense of uneasiness or worry that they're going to buy something and then it goes, the price drops in two days and their boss is going to be on their back. Why'd you buy that? Right. Very, what's the word? Very, I don't want to say scared, but very like monitored buying, right? There's no, like you're quadruple checking before you buy something that you really don't need to have that sense over the next month or two. I mean, you can be pretty confident in what you're buying if you shopped it that day, whatever the best deal you find is the best deal. It's not going to be cheaper the next day. So there's, there's should be a sense of uh, peace of mind with purchasing lumber over the next 45 days, which I think is a good thing. Out of the West, supplies seem like they match demand pretty good. It's not like anyone's you know screaming for, I can't find this or I need this. Everyone's got about the portion they need uh, and the market's moving in a good direction. And I'm really optimistic and happy with what I'm hearing from my component manufacturers in particular about spring business, right? The last six to nine months have been a little wishy-washy, flat to down, you know, a little bit of down in the dumps that demand has dropped to what it has. And I'm hearing the reverse of that now. We're bouncing back. People are excited about the projects they have for 2023. There's a lot of optimism in the building sphere. And that doesn't mean everybody's backflip and doing, you know, pouring as many concrete slabs as they can. But again, the tone has really changed over the last, two, three weeks. So market's probably as healthy as I have seen it in my short six years trading number. I think we're in a really good spot as a component manufacturing industry. All right. So you both have brought up curtailments and that is something that I've been seeing more about. I guess I'm curious if there are any new that you could share with us that you're hearing about. I also read yesterday or today about an indefinite curtailment in, I think, Florida. Is that right? There's a maybe a West Fraser that's going to be. Yeah. Yep. Do you, what sort of impact could that have or additional curtailments as well? Yeah. So 
two that I would say in the past 30 days, we had a CANFOR notice out of Western Canada extending their already in place curtailment for an additional two weeks. A buddy of mine on the trading floor said, well, why the heck even send a notice out about that? It's like pouring a cup of coffee in the Willamette River. Right. I thought that was actually pretty funny and, and accurate. Yeah. Outside of that, one, I think it is a little bit more significant and certainly worth talking about is West Frazier's notice uh, yesterday evening with their pair of Perry, Florida sawmill, mm -hmm. uh, which is curtailing, which uh, is an indefinite curtailment. It is about a hundred million. I talked to the uh, rep this this morning, and uh, they're going to be pushing all of their orders that they had to their other Florida mills. So basically, they're off the market. Can't not quoting any wood. They're definitely a significant player in terms of volume with those mills too, and overall board footage in the southeast corridor. So, yeah, pretty pretty sizable uh, news. And I also find it interesting when we look at the cost of lumber, whether if you're looking at random lakes print and you're seeing a mill curtail at these levels, wow. I mean, we've we've gone, we've changed from a cost, overall cost to produce significantly in the South over the past decade. Mills have, I've, I, ha, I don't remember the last time I really saw a pine mill curtail. Maybe I just missed it. The game is changing in terms of overall costs and what it what it costs to produce lumber. These and uh, whether it's logs or etc., it's just it costs more now for a mill to run profitably. So, and I talked to actually another producer, and and you know we're talking, we're working a trade or whatever, and and he brought up some levels that are kind of where we're at, where mills might think of curtailing. And I and I looked at it and I thought about it. I reached out to a couple other people sources and and tried to kind of confirm. You know, is this this accurate? Because this honestly would be more news to me. And again, yeah. uh, it was it was kind of confirmed to one degree. So, yeah, Molly, maybe we see some more. Honestly, I also think obviously it's been a pretty good couple of you know two plus years. Coffers are probably looking pretty good. So I also think you have to balance that risk and reward in terms of shutting a sawmill down with your labor force. Right? There's 126 people that lost their jobs, and yeah. you know. It's a tough, tough gig getting those folks back, right? Yeah. It's the getting it back up, right? It's not really the shutting it down, but the getting it back up and running, right? Sure. Yep. And I think the other thing that's, you know, the, the whole pine, right? If we look at where's the growth of the fiber basket for the U.S., it's the U.S. South, right? Yeah. It's not Western Canada. It's not Eastern Canada. The Europeans come and go right now. They like us. This is where they want to point their wood is the States. But the whole... The whole projection over the next five years is to add, you know, almost 5 billion board feet to the U.S. South. So it's interesting one down, but you've got others being built. You've got True. others making upgrades. So, you know, we're going to continue to see more and more pine enter the marketplace. So, you know, anyways, uh, definitely interesting. But as far as the curtailment notices and anything that's been on the on the radar here over the last 30 days, those would be the two. I don't think anything out of the West mm -hmm. Uh, or in terms of U.S. Uh, West, nothing out of the East uh, comes to mind. And as I as I alluded to, the European trade is in full effect uh, coming into the ports. All just, right. just to send a, a kind of a virtual question here in terms of segments oh, yes. which had made a significant purchase. Dealers kind of re-upping would definitely be a major. Our trust and component manufacturer guys kind of chew on the log every day, it mm -hmm. feels like, They're just kind of that constant where, uh, in the marketplace. I would say the first part of December felt like there was a good amount of treaters that had stepped in yep. and made some purchases. Those two stand out the most. 
not sure on the export, just don't really have a good feel there. And then I would just say your, your independence coming in, getting 30 to 60 days worth of lumber t- lumber purchased. Those are what stand out to me. I don't know with you, Ken. No, I agree with that completely. And I think two things are important to what Justin just said. Treaters almost always nail when they buy. They always buy when it's really, really bad up there and typically buy big volumes. It usually to the tune of 100 plus trucks or more. Right? And there's not a ton of treaters, but they are very big players in the market. So I think that's important. Completely agree with the sentiment that trust component wall panel guys chew on the log day in, day out. I will just add, even the guys that hate me are buying wood from me right now. So that's that's not to say there's any magic salesmanship going on. It is a good <laughs> value. It's a cheap bastard. Right. I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it really is. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's not reassurance, and I know it's hard to believe that someone might hate me and not want, not want to buy their lumber from me, but I really do mean, I mean, the, the notorious people that are hard to get a hold of, or you can't get an order from them or this or that, they're coming sure. back to the table looking to buy wood. So I think that's also a very good barometer for the health of the market. So sure. I think that's important to mention. All right. Well, we're, uh, <laughs> it, it stands to reason that after four weeks away, we would have a little bit more to talk about. Uh, so I appreciate that today. I think we're getting ready to wrap up the episode, but I want to give you guys an opportunity for any final thoughts. I know, Ken, you mentioned 45 days out. It's a pretty good bet right now. Uh, but any other yeah. advice you'd like to lend our folks before we sign off for the day? Yeah. 45 days is a good mark. Um, a truckload of cordstock makes a great Valentine's Day gift for that special okay. someone in your life. Outside of that, I'm excited for where the market is headed and the okay. opportunity for profit for our customers. I'm excited for the Phoenix OQM and to see some component manufacturers face to face. If you're listening to this podcast and you've never been to an OQM, you absolutely should go. Very worth your company's investment. You'll meet a ton of great people. I mean, and you also get to to learn about the industry and how, you know, maybe you're in New Mexico and someone in Pennsylvania has the same issue you're having. They're not a competitor. Right. It's just, you know, all in, in good faith on the industry. So it's a, it's a very well, well-rounded investment to spend two or three days in Phoenix at the end of the month here. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, that was awesome. Totally agree. It feels, you want to feel good when you're spending some money, right? You're running a business. Always. You want to feel good about your purchases. Yeah. Uh, you want to make you feel like you're making a good decision. I would say that we've been bombarded with what feels like negative news almost every day, right? Rising interest rates, food costs, gas, you know, lack of labor, all these things that we've talked about. There's a lot of really good things still going on in our industry. And I, uh, you know, feel free to email me. I won't make this into a 35 minute podcast, but there's a lot of good signs out there statistics that are showing whether it's repairing people that are flipping houses, buying houses, putting money in a house, very optimistic still about this year. So there's a lot of good still out there and a lot that we should be excited about as an industry. So stay optimistic. Again, every action has a reaction. If this is kind of as bad as it gets, amen, we can get through this. Now, I will also say, look at where we're at, right? It's January 11th. We've got a buy starting, right? We've set in some really, really good pricing across the industry on grass, all product lines. Now's the time to kind of bet, okay, I'm going to see a push in pricing probably through the month of January. Maybe we get a break in February. What comes after that? 
March, thank God, springtime, right? So you got to hedge your bets here. Do you think you're going to be able to get another spot to come back and buy in to where you can buy it cheaper than you can today? And I understand you're carrying inventory for a little bit longer per se, but I, I think it's my feeling that you buy a little bit more than you want to right now because you've been doing the same thing over and over. Let's say you buy two every time in the last eight months, buy three. That would be my my an average in as you go through these next 60 to 90 days. I think it's going to pay you it's going to pay you in the long long run because I do think we're going to see a surge in pricing as we get closer to springtime. You've got this buy that's going to happen, you've got another buy that's going to happen. I mean that's just what it is. So do you think you're going to be able to buy it better on the second round? That's a tough call. I mean I, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. But again, I think prices will stabilize before they drop like a rock. And I don't see the mills. When we talk about curtailments, we talk about these things. We've set in kind of a bottom, I think, in the market. It could be the bottom for this year. So anyways, buy a little extra is all I would say. All right. Well, I like what I'm hearing today from both of you. I like the positivity and the energy around the housing market for 2023 and into this new year. I think it's pretty exciting. And if what you're saying is right, then it's all up from here. And I think that says lots of good things for everybody, both you and, of course, our component manufacturers as well. So I look forward to uh, continuing this conversation in a couple of weeks, see where we're at. Uh, For those of you that are coming to the OQM, I look forward to seeing you there in person. If you're not, as these gentlemen have suggested, we should uh, definitely get you signed up. And we've got a couple more this year, too. So you've got some time to think about those as well. I think with that said, it wraps up our episode for this week. Justin, Ken, always thank you so much for your continued expertise and enthusiasm. I have enjoyed our time together. I'll be a brief and I look forward to the next installment of Lumber Connection. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thank you. This has been a Lumber Connection podcast by SBCA. If you have a question you'd like a guest to answer on a future podcast, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com 